in 2015, my oldest daughter was diagnosed with um, with cancer. Another loss that far, far was far more painful than that. And that's when my when my 15 year old granddaughter ended her own life on June 10th of 2022. How do you get through something like this? And he says, "That's just it." You just get through it, but you never get over it. And I walked up to the picture and I just started yelling at this picture, why did you do this? Why did you do this? You're all good people. I should know you help people. And if your mind ever does wonder, no, there is life. You've played a pivotal part in saving mine. And many others, I'm sure. This is the Straight Talking Mental Health Podcast, where it does exactly what it says on the tin. We talk straight about mental health. This is episode 103. If you're one of the pervs, one of the stalkers checking us out on YouTube, it's been a while since you've seen this setup, and it's probably going to be the last time you see this setup. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But in the meantime, my name is Alan Clark. I'm a psychotherapist with a degree in counseling and psychotherapy and a master's in child and adolescent psychotherapy. If this is your first time checking out the podcast, first part of the podcast, we straight talk our own mental health. Just what's going on in our lives, get into our smiles and riles, uh, what's got us smiling, what's got us riling. And when I say we, I mean myself, Alan, and the eye candy, the beauty to my brains, I suppose, if if, if that's the setup, mm. Ms. Ashling Mailer. I'm, I'm gonna that's going to be no good if you don't do it into the microphone. <laughs> That's what she said. Um, <laughs> and she's off. <laughs> Did you miss her? <laughs> Giddy up. <laughs> Go on. I've done it now. You've done it now. Give us give us a proper one. Uh, how are you? There you go. How are you? How are you, everyone? How are you getting on? So as I said, Straight Talk, a mental health podcast. Talk straight about mental health. We are approaching World Suicide Day. I don't know. I don't know who picks these days. Any idea who picks these days? I bet you there's an avocado day. I bet you there's grapefruit days. There's also World Mental Health Day. There's World Suicide Day, which is coming up. We have Colin Hughes coming up, and Colin is going to talk about the death of his granddaughter through suicide. We've spoken to guests before who've attempted suicide. Thankfully, they didn't complete because they're able to come on the podcast. Obviously, we had Amy who was on, which is actually one of our most popular episodes ever. Amy who come on, whose uh, boyfriend at the time uh, completed suicide. And she spoke about the impact that it had on her. What we haven't actually had, which one I'm really looking forward to, to discussing with Colin, is a family member um, left behind and a grandparent mm-hmm. uh, who lost his granddaughter. So really looking forward to that. Um, Colin's joining us all the way from the States. That interview hasn't been recorded. I'm literally, we're lashing through this bit, and then I'm going to jump on and do the interview with Colin. So uh, I'm really looking forward to getting into into that conversation. Colin's a voiceover actor, so he'll be brilliant in the microphone. Uh, he'll know exactly where to speak, so we we've no, we we should have no issues on that front. We had also a guest lined up last night. We had technical difficulties. Would not happen an hour and a half later, so we'll have to reschedule that one for the future. So we're under a bit of pressure. I say we, I mean me, to get this bit recorded, get the interview recorded. And then get everything done. So we, we, we lash through it as much as we can. I know everybody enjoys this bit. Lots of people comment that they just they listen to this bit. And then mm-hmm. sometimes they might listen to the topic. They roll over into it and end up enjoying it. So thank you to everyone that does that. 
What do we need to do? We need to do. You need to sell yourself. TikTok, Twitter. Instagram. I was I was queuing you up. I'm you queuing you up me. for the social you media. Asked. There you go. You yeah. Mm-hmm. Well done. Yeah, you're getting there. Yeah. So, my lovely, I can't even say my lovely assistant, you're not my assistant, my lovely co-host, uh, if I was the magician, I'd be signed, I fucking saw you and half. oh no, it went wrong, oops, oh, she didn't do it properly, oh, she put in the wrong saw, the you one that actually cuts her in half. You didn't saw properly in half, what are you doing, you're doing it wrong, <laughs> I'll do it myself. <laughs> fucking strangle you properly. <laughs> That's what you can expect from the podcast, folks, you know, we like to have a bit of crack, we like to have the banter with everything that we get into because these are heavy topics and you know we need to bring the bring the light with the shade social media madame mademoiselle right so where can people get us you can get us on tiktok twitter facebook and instagram mm-hmm. and if you want to look at straight talk and mental health on what would YouTube be the username well, what, what would be the username on those platforms at. Don't fucking give me. If, I hope he, I hope that good camera picked us up. I don't know if we're, if we're in focus properly. I hope the fucking camera picked that little glint of a fucking glare at me. What would be the username for TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook? STHM, STMH podcast. There you go. Is the username STMH podcast? Yeah. What about the the pervs and the stalkers that may be looking at us right now? What about them? On on the YouTube. I'm not showing them my tits. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, lads. You may hang in there. <laughs> Come back next week. That's how we're going to keep coming back. We got a bit of shoulder. Got a little bit of off the shoulder no, look today, it's, it's the, just so we can the see the, the shitty hate. tattoo. Mm-hmm. Go on, show the camera. Go on. Absolutely. Go on. You've made it so much now that I can't. No, you've really. Don't do it for me. Do it for the for the viewers. Well, so everybody can take the piss. Who's going to take the piss? You take piss more than enough of my yeah, tattoo. Yeah, exactly. So what's going to be anyone else? No. They, they're they're no like. They're not going to. They're going to be like, actually, that's absolutely lovely. No, they're not. No, no one's ever going there. <laughs> no Even one. the tattoos was like, that's just shit. Oh, really? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Won't be surprised, to be fair. <laughs> so so YouTube, let, let them know what to do. What do you mean? Listen, just go and search. Yeah, we, we, do, we don't bar. have. Yeah, yeah go into search bar. bar. Straight talking mental health. Yeah. Thank you to all the new subscribers. We're, we're getting there. So for if you're a new listener or a new mm. viewer, we're, we're trying to get to the 100 subscribers. We're only a couple of weeks at the video podcast. We're at episode 103 mm. on the audio podcast. But what have we got? Seven, eight, maybe? I think it's eight videos. Mm. We've been just kind eight, of trickling yeah. it along, figuring mm. it all out, getting yeah. them up there as, as we go along. Um, so what would hugely help us is if people give a subscribe. Yeah. Not just subscribe. Do You know, we have to be those guys. Comment down below, guys. Smash that like button. All of that. Mm. Doesn't matter what you say. Just say anything because that affects the algorithm. of got oh, people are interacting with this. So YouTube goes, oh, maybe this must be interesting. Mm. So the subscribes help. The comments help. And the likes. Anything that helps. Or, mm. you know, if you, want to, if you want to slide into any of the DMs on the platforms that you can, please feel free to do so. Do you remember the website? Oh, I remember there was a low in it. So That's the email. No, the website. Go on. You're not there yet. You have blue stmhpodcast.com is the website, yeah. And what yeah. would be the email if people would like to get in touch with some correspondence? Uh, hello at stmhpodcast.com. Boom. Yeah. There you go. You're fucking delighted with yourself. I can see it. And you're like, is that it? And I'm surprised. <laughs> I know you are. That's like, did I get it right? <laughs> you did wow. get it right. You absolutely did get Check it right. me out. Yeah. We had some we had some correspondence. We get into the lighter ones first, I think, will we? Yeah. So we put up last week was a surprise episode, wasn't it? Yeah, last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last week was a surprise episode. We settled on a title. 
I said it. We we finished recording at about what ten o'clock was it? It was late. Yeah, it was yeah. late. Maybe after ten. Yeah. So it was edited, and the audio, the audio version of the podcast was up for midnight. So I yeah. still got it in there. Didn't know on a title. We went for the dynamic duo, which is us, mm. and dire diarrhea. Which was you. Which was me. <laughs> <laughs> which is what I had. Yeah. So one of the things we put the picture up. So Shauna, we love Shauna. Shauna's always in contact with the podcast. Uh, big love for Shauna, who always gives us the big love. Mm-hmm. What's going on? She was surprised. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, where did she message me? Uh, I think it was on the Instagram. <laughs> Shauna was cursing at you. Do you remember? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Me, let me let me, me let me pull it up here, Shauna. I'll let you read it out. There you go. Right. Can I just say, fuck you, Ashlyn. Laughing face emojis. Four of them. Four of them. Listening to the latest episode on the bus home, Ashlyn just said, surprise, motherfuckers. <laughs> I burst out laughing and now everyone is looking at me. Do you know what? Everybody laughs and looks at me too. So it's fine. <laughs> I get it. You it's get it's used just a roll on. You get used <laughs> to it. You're just absorbing a bit of Ashlyn where yeah. people look at you and laugh. People don't look at you and laugh. People look at you and think you're a hot piece of stuff. And then so, they laugh. Yeah. And ask you about your, where'd you get your lipstick? Oh yeah, <laughs> I get that a lot. yeah. So thanks, Shauna. Thanks very much for that. Uh, as you can see, Ashley appreciated that comment. She appreciates mm-hmm. all the comments. We also had that. So you were surprised. I think before you had listened, you seen that you seen the artwork. What is going on? Mm-hmm. And uh, Andrew said, "But Alan's track record, there will there may well be another baby." Don't mm-hmm. want Andrew because snip snip no, motherfucker. Maybe a food baby or something. Oh yeah, there's def- definitely goes. a few of them. Yeah. No more babies. Snippity snip. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, welcome back, Ashling. Thanks very much. All, all I want to say thanks to you. Ola always interacts interacts with all of the the any of the Facebook posts and stuff like that. So we really appreciate that. Last week we spoke about Delilah has hit the uh, for fucking sake. The three year old has hit that stage. You're going to hear a little bit more about her coming up. <laughs> so as you can tell, she's hit the teenagers, which mm-hmm. is Ashling's daughter, Delilah. So big thanks to Mel. Mel put up that meme. Toddler, fuck this. Me, look, I feel the same, but we can't be shouting that. Mm. <laughs> so thanks very much, Mel. Um, I think Mel said she'd been on the on that end of it as well, didn't she? Mel's still laughing at for fucking sake. Sorry, Ashing, been through with mine. It does pass the less attention you pay to it. Mm. I thought ignoring was best too. Need to remind <laughs> Alan to do the same instead of doubling over whilst wheezing slash laughing. That's true. true Which is what I, yeah. she, she look look go back go back over last week's video or listen back to last week's episode. You'll hear the story. Three year old dead in the face. For fucking sake. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you meant to do with that? Like, you're not going to expect it from to come out of our mouth, but it did. So that's some of the lighter correspondence. As I said, we do the we do the light with the shade. And a part of that is we have a huge impact on people's lives. Mm-hmm. This is a mental health podcast. Yes, we have the crack. We, you know, we try to have a laugh with it as much as possible. But we are, believe it or not, out there saving lives. We have had multiple correspondence from people over the years as I go we're on 100 episode episode 103 now we've had that from people saying how much we've helped and why they're literally alive because of the podcast and I just want to give a massive uh, huge thank you to to Rob Th- these are the emails that keep me going mm. you know as I invest even more money in the podcast uh, and, and we'll get into that a little bit later on and it's, you know we're always asking people give a like give a comment give a share let us know what you think of the podcast you know as we get some feedback mm. Uh, we we see the numbers, and you know, we, yeah. I've you know, I've considered of like imagine if you had all these people in a venue mm. that listen to us every week, you'd be like, holy shit, you'd have fucking some, you'd have some anxiety, mm. you'd have some stage fright. 
So we thank you. First of all, let me let me thank everyone of you for taking taking the time to uh, give us your time. You know, you could be listening to anything, and you've chosen to listen to us. That means an awful lot to us, uh, and we do really appreciate it, as as we did with the following correspondence. So, Rob, thank you very much. So, hello, Alan. I've been a listener for about of yours for about six months for the majority of my adult life i have always suffered massive depression massive alcohol and all the rest of it along with that a failure to understand the world have any direction and generally struggle to be able to maintain friendships about a year ago i realized i can't go on like this and on top of the stress and depression came anxiety which i couldn't control i gave up booze about a year ago which improves matters but six months wasn't any better in my outlook my plan was to throw myself out the time bridge and have done with it. I then discovered your podcast. After thirty, after years, I'm 35 now. I went to my doctor and told him how I feel and how I don't fit in this world as such. He recommended a mental health charity and said it seems to be autism after many questions with leanings towards Asperger's syndrome. The waiting list for help is long, but I'm grateful to be on it. Anyhow, I've just listened to your 100 episode, nearly caught up. Well done, Rob. Wow, you flew along there. I would like to say whatever you do with your podcast, it will be worthwhile and help people. If it wasn't for my daughter, yourself and Cammy and crew, I would have done myself in this year. You honestly have no idea how much your no BS approach to mental health pulled me back from ending it all. You're all good people. Jeez, I can feel so. You're all good people. I should know you help people. And if your mind ever does wonder, no, there is life. You've played a pivotal part in saving mine and many others, I'm sure. I'm now more positive, hit the gym four times a week, eat better, have a calmer temperament and find myself smiling more. And you and your guests are a large building block in that. After years of misery, I've taken the first steps to sorting out my mental health. Thank you and keep that shit up. Oh, fucking hell. Thank you very much, Rob. Uh, as you can tell, <laughs> means an awful lot. I don't think I've ever got this emotional. I've you know, got quite upset at times, but I don't think any message has hit me. And that's not the first time I've read that, but mm, reading it out time. loud, mm. it just it just hits different, I suppose. Mm. Uh, so, Rob, thank you very much for that. It means... It means everything, as I said. We, you know, we we struggle with the interaction. We, we struggle with engagements, social media, and kind to small podcasts like ourselves. Mm. So hearing things like that from yourself means means the world, and you know, really, really encourages encourages to to keep going, keep doing what we're doing because we're we're helping and we're having such an impact on people's lives. Mm. So you know, that's not something we take we take lightly. So, thank you very much, Rob. That, as you can see, geez, I wasn't fucking expecting that. <laughs> that had a thank you very much. Really, really appreciate that. Wow, mm. <laughs> that was a big one. Fucking hell. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> when all that happened, said, "How have you been?" <laughs> Jesus, it's better. Time how do you, how do you follow that up? I know, right? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, how dear. do you follow that up? Um, I think you need to move in. No, I'm alright. What's that like? What's that like for you to hear? Um, yeah, no, it's it's great to hear that it's just a positive. Oh, sure, I knew, I know that anyway. We've had emails before, and it's really mm. nice to hear that that is a positive podcast. And you know, it's it's even if you help one person, I still think that's 
you know, that's all you want, isn't yeah, it? You know, it's yeah. brilliant. Um, obviously, it's great when you hear it because, you know, to hear it, to, you know, to assume is one thing, but then mm. to, to know for a fact that it's actually reaching, you know, you are reaching out and helping people, that's totally different. Yeah. So. I mean, you, you've heard me. You've heard me get so disheartened with the podcast and you know trying to trying to achieve what we want to achieve and to, to hear bits like that and you know of which mm. you're a part of now mm-hmm. you know so you, you you kept the podcast going weekly mm. when other people weren't there and you know you, you've come back in now and you know we're back weekly and we have our guests and we mm-hmm. have our check-in episodes so there's mm-hmm. going to be something every week there for people that yeah may just be enough just to keep them Mm-hmm. keep them on this side of the bridge and we are trying to get summer. through all topics as well we've got a list oh, yeah. at the moment and you're I'm, brilliant for topic suggestions it's, it's, it's easy as well for me it's easy to get the list it's harder to get the people yeah yeah, yeah. you know so yeah. you can go all right I well that's why we have our check-in episodes so we can just have them as a chat yeah oh, i'm talking about the, like the list today. the bigger you, ones you yeah, need, you yeah need people yeah, that can yeah. discuss it that's been through it but um mm. yeah so it's it's there's still a lot to go through isn't there just yeah. to oh sir and the amount of guests the amount of guests that are lined mm. up that's not that's without our own topics yeah mm-hmm. so yeah so there's a lot to come you know please please stay tuned please like subscribe comment mm-hmm. share on any of your social media this is this is the impact we're having and the reality of it is as i think about it that could have been one person who just shared that or retweeted something mm. that rob could have seen mm-hmm. and there you go mm-hmm. that's the difference so we're all helping folks us creating the content and and you sharing it so Thank you very much. Let's get some smiles and royals, will we? Yeah. What have you got for me? Where do you want to go for first? Ladies' choice. Oh, have at it. Go for Delilah first. Are you going royal? Oh, I'm royal. <laughs> I don't know because... It is a smile, but like, you know, at the She's time. so goddamn cute that you can yeah. laugh about it as well. Yeah. But oh my God. Anyway, as you know that I have a three-year-old. And boy, the same one from last week that was fucking sick. Oh, she's cute. (laughs) She is. She gets away with it. (laughs) Yes. No, I mean she's just adorable. Like, Mm. so I don't know what overtook her. I texted you and said she's wired today. Yeah, she's wired. She's wired and tired. She hasn't napped. Um, and I was just at the top of the stairs, and she was coming out of her room, and I was like, "You coming downstairs with mummy?" And she runs over to. In my house, I have like a clothes pile that needs to get sorted for what. Well, she went over there. Grabbed her new pair of socks, Peppa Pig, you know, the biggest one you can get, mm-hmm. uh, and ran into the bathroom. I assumed she was going to throw them in the bin because she has a thing about throwing everything in the bin. So I was like, Delilah, Delilah, I swear this was so fast. I've never mm-hmm. seen a child. It's like someone breast fast forward, <laughs> right? Or else I'm going really slow. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Little from column A. Little from column B. I mean, it registered probably slow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, and then she just took a really fast right and just down the, down the toilet. Both, both pairs. Socks and the jacks. Both pairs. Both pa- pairs of socks. Down the toilet. Flush. Gone. And what did she care? Did no, she, she didn't. No. <laughs> and I'm going, Delilah, no. And I, her sister came home because she was uptown with her friends. And she, so the girls were in the kitchen and I was explaining to Aoife uh, what had happened. And Delilah overhears and she is pissing herself laughing. <laughs> so Aoife lets out a little <clears throat> like laughs. And I'm going, Aoife, don't encourage it. Like seriously, that's not funny. Once we laugh, she'll be throwing everything down the toilet. Yeah. Um so Aoife stops and goes, Oh, it's not funny, Delilah. No. 
and she is going ha 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 she thinks it's hilarious so yeah i don't uh, she, uh, the only time i caught on for her that she had done something wrong is when she wanted the socks back <laughs> and i says no they don't come back after you flush it yeah, it's yeah. gone Peppa Pig socks? No, they're <laughs> gone. There is no more Peppa Pig socks. You reap what you sow, three-year-old. <laughs> so she doesn't have a clue. She's only three, yeah, and she's a yeah, young yeah. three, so she's not a brat or anything. Yeah, she's only just gone three. She, that's yeah. what I'm saying. She's a, but even yeah. even at three, mm. she's very young. You know, um, she keeps you on your toes. Mm. I've never seen anything happen so fast in all my life, <laughs> and I, I knew it was a last-minute decision. I knew she ran to the bin, and then fuck, fuck, fuck this. The toilet's better. <laughs> Where's the fun in the bins? You can pick yeah. them out, eh? She ran straight to the bin and just went a sharp right and just dumped them. And I was like, oh, I was like slow mode, you know, and you go, no. no. <laughs> and she's still on fast forward. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was that. So that's your royal. What I we? don't know if it's a royal. So nice, yeah, we put it in. Nice we'll to say it, it and yeah. then I'll remember. Parenting. It. A parenting challenge. My, my, none of my kids have ever put anything down. I told you. I told you from day one, she's going to fucking test you. Yeah. I knew from her personality. Yeah. She's me. Yeah, you you reap what you sow. Literally, <laughs> these are your seeds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so parenting, parenting challenge slash half a royal. Yeah. Say, yeah. So when we go on royal, royal, let's finish with smiles. You want to go royal? I go royal. In the car yesterday. Watch, watch part. Watch <laughs> part. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking. At about. the roundabout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're coming into Newbridge. We picked up. I picked yourself up off the bus. Picked James up from school. He's now in first class, so he's getting out an hour later. Mm. We went to Newbridge. Anyone that knows coming into Newbridge from, we'd say, the Dublin end, so you go past a new massive, absolutely massive Lidl distribution centre as you come in at the, uh, the roundabout what would be Wyatt's slash Pfizer now. Car in front of me has the roundabout blocked because the traffic going into the town is, is very heavy. Mm. So it's a roundabout. I'm in the middle, so I have kept both sides closed, but the guy in front of me has, has blocked people, we'll say, merging from the left-hand side. Mm. So the traffic starts moving. I move on, obviously. I go with the flow of the traffic. And I can see in my, I can see in my mirror that your man has stopped that was trying to merge. Mm. And he roars out the window, you fucking absolute arsehole. To which I just said, it's a roundabout. You yield to right of way. Mm. I was where I was meant to be. The guy in front, which maybe he just missed that another car had gone. And maybe mm. he was talking to the he thought I was the guy that blocked the the road to begin with. Uh, but yeah, a little bit of road rage from him. He sped off. Um, and I was like, just what a fucking idiot. Like, this is what you're dealing with with people on the road. I had James in the car. You said it could have been, you know, could have been quite upsetting for the mm-hmm. for a child to experience that. Uh, yeah. he was he was grand, thankfully. I was grand, didn't didn't escalate because I was just like, this guy's a fucking idiot, like, mm-hmm. you know, just fools on the road, unfortunately. But I was like, that amount of anger over a situation yes, like that, that mm. that's that's not good, buddy. You know, yeah. So if you are that individual, probably possibly coming out of Pfizer or Wyatt, mm. you got a lot of work to do, buddy. Your number is <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> come see me. No hard feelings. <laughs> so that's that's me, Royal. Give us a give us a smile there. Smile. Um, this oh, water's horrible, isn't it? Take mine. <laughs> no, it's alright. No, no, mine's cold. Yeah, that's tap water. Tap yeah. water is horrible. I know. I dumped yours. Mm. Mine's is much better. I just nearly swallowed a fly. Yeah, you realise it when you have only ever drink the filtered water. So yeah, that's rotten. Right, my smile. Keep it out. <laughs> Your smile. My smile is um, the quality time we had watching our movie yesterday. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> 
Oh, tell them about it. So I've been... No so, spoilers. No, I'm not going to do a spoiler because God forbid. Um, I don't know if anybody else does it, but I will go through TikTok or I'll watch YouTube or something or Facebook. And if I see a movie, I'll screenshot. Yeah, I'll must screenshot. Must watch that. Must watch it. So when I get some free time, I'll scroll through my camera and go... Mm out of all the pictures I've taken which movie to watch so I've been saying to you for a while I've been dying to watch The Fall there was a, a screenshot of it that was on TikTok I think it was mm. it looked really good and you had it on on we put it on yeah <gasps> fuck me the redeeming this. thing was Jeffrey Dean Morgan who was in it for what four seconds 40 seconds all together <laughs> yeah like, oh man oh yeah so literally, like, it's one of these, it's like... You're spoiling it just with your face on, oh, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> but it's like, are these bastards? Have, they, have these made this film deliberately to fucking make people go, no, what are you, oh, what are you, are you seriously? Oh, that's not believable. And the, and the characters just like, just let them die. Just mm. die. Oh, we didn't care. They're the not likable. Like <laughs> yeah, like, I hope the two of them, I hope the two of them die. But it brought us together. We were like... We, we were united in our hatred yeah. for the films. Yeah, we talked all the way through it and <laughs> yeah. it was good and... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. so you enjoyed that part, that aspect of it, the we bonding. Did, we did over a the, lot of bonding yesterday over the mutual hatred. Oh, like bonding. last night in bed. <laughs> not, <laughs> no, not, like not like that. Not like that. So we go up and think, "Oh, my eyes are stinging. Oh, I'm so tired. My eyes are stinging. No problem. We'll, we'll go up to bed. We're laying in bed. You know, anyone <laughs> having a cuddle and having a chat. And it's an hour and a half later. I'm like, you know, trying to do the. Fuck off over your side. And you I'll, actually said it. And I'll and I'll I'll spoon you like I'll wrap in, and you're like, no, I'm not finished talking. And I'm going, oh for fuck's sake! You actually said go and turn over and I'll yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, no. And you're like, no, I'm not finished talking. <laughs> <I'm> not. <laughs> so from twenty past nine to just after midnight, yeah, yeah. just having the chats. Like yeah. you were having the chats, I was having to go fucking sleep. No, <laughs> no, you're no. Like, we were we had a lovely we were, conversation. We were, we were, we were yeah. talking, we were bonding, yeah, oh, absolutely bonding, yeah. And now it's not being rude this time or anything. No, 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 no. no for yeah. once, she's she's not being rude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No innuendos. No, no. In your endo. Yeah, it was nice. It was lovely. Yeah, a bit of quality time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's your smile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. As you can see, anybody should watch the fall. The fall. Yeah. With their partner to just get that, you know, one on one. Just let us know what you think. If you've seen it, yeah. uh, let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Go on. What's yours? My smile. Uh, it'll probably... Well, it's it's a smile in the process, I suppose. Oh, uh, yeah. I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is it? It's going to be the mic. It's going, but not the mic. It's going to be everything. It's mostly the mic. It's so as I, as I said at the at the start of the, of the episode, this setup, which is in my sitting room, you know, uh, where we like to set up, we like to have that cozy sort of cozy sort of chat feel to it uh so i took a took a fancy when got you back on the podcast i got my you know i enjoyed this i love i love this part mm. with ourselves got an attic up there just floor down mm. let's let's turn it into a little bit of a studio so currently in the process of converting that beams have started to be painted walls have started to be painted walls drank the fucking paint like pro mm. the new prohibition was coming <laughs> it was just absorbing the paint mm. um so a new desk has got to the, uh, yesterday new chairs coming ordered new microphones a lot of expense gone in mm. um new lights uh, well new lights which we, we, which we'll see when in the whole setup new led lights so if it comes if it comes true like it is in my head it it, yeah. it should be good exactly. um, but there's a lot of a lot of as I said, look, this takes up our time and it takes up an awful lot 
mm-hmm. of uh, finances. We make absolutely no money out the podcast. We're not doing it for advertising. We're not doing it you know, for sponsorship or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we fucking should. So everything that comes out is coming out of our own pockets, mm. uh, including micro, two, two new microphones, which were, which were purchased today. Um, so I'm really looking forward to getting that getting that finished, getting mm. that all sorted. Don't know when that's going to be, because you're here and James is here today. Mm. I'm not looking forward to calling into your attic. And that's not that a euphemism. <laughs> no, that was just last night. Um, oh, madam. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does when he turns around. <laughs> down you put me off um so yeah uh, stop calling me little girl <laughs> i'm not i'm a, I'm a, ma- <laughs> I'm a fucking queen treat me like the queen that i know that i am <laughs> start playing queen down 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 right anyway <laughs> yeah so i have to crawl into your attic space <laughs> you can't unsay it now again what i do Come on, you do, yeah. You do. There's yeah, like, there's a ladder. You go up the ladder into the into the attic, <laughs> into the some loft. Some Jack and the Beanstalk <laughs> shit, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus Christ! But you do, yeah, yeah. And I think it's easier to get into the attic than come mm. out to come out of the attic because I it's just going to be. Re- I don't know. I'm dreading yeah. that to be honest. I think right, you're going to do it. <laughs> I'm not making a fucking studio. Well, what goes up must come down. Exactly. Right? Yeah, so well, gravity you- will take care of that. But you seen the movie. Gravity takes care of the rest of it. I don't know. I, like I said, getting getting into the attic will be yeah, fine. Yeah. As this getting out. Yeah, do you know to. what I was thinking? What you might need to do? Can you get a handle or something yeah. for the side mm. so you can kind of like use your weight to to get in? Yeah, yeah. And I've got something like to yeah. hold on to. Yeah, you know, we'll like something. an old woman handle. Whatever, whatever makes you comfortable, Granny. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so that's my smile this week. Mm. Uh, people won't see it next week. People are going to see something different next week, aren't they? Oh, yes. Where are we going to be? Depends. We might be on a ferry. Oh, we're not doing <laughs> we might be in a hotel. Yeah, definitely. Uh, as, as we mentioned last week, we're heading over to see Ashing's dad. So we're getting a ferry over to Wales, driving up to Yorkshire and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we will be in a hotel near Manchester or we'll be in a hotel in Wales. Mm. We'll be wherever we can get fucking Wi-Fi to record everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so the following week, Hopefully people will see. Yeah, should be the following week. People mm. will see the full setup. So stay mm-hmm. tuned. Check us out on the YouTube. Uh, that's that's where you can get a look what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and when it's all done, we'll put before and after pictures and see what see what people think. Before and after pictures of it, you're of the attic. Yeah, again, not a euphemism. <laughs> Stop! They're, they're gonna fucking just... think you're joking. Like they're gonna think like they're gonna oh, be she's disappointed. She's a dirty bitch. Yeah, no, like, they're just gonna oh, be oh, like it's the loft. Oh, really? Oh, really? The attic. Right. That's it. All right. I mean, there's Christmas right. decorations up there. I mean, right? okay. <laughs> a few bobbles. <laughs> but a tense. Dirty bitch. Oh, <laughs> uh, do you know what's the worst part of this is? We've this got such a too. serious topic coming up. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, so what we will do, I think, is we leave the smiles and rolls on that. I'm going to hop on and do this interview. Mm. But we do, I'll record an outro separately. We want to record enough time. Because I see Colin, yeah. Colin's in the waiting room. Okay. okay. So yeah. we'll we'll wrap Leave up that it. little bit. But in the meantime, over to Colin. I'm not Colin. No, the fucking interview. That's where I cut you to the just interview. At me. Over to Colin. <laughs> so this week on the Straight Talk and Mental Health Podcast, as we approach World Suicide Day, it is a serious topic which we have touched on in many aspects of the past. Which, as I mentioned earlier in the intro of guests that have attempted suicide. We had Amy who came on and spoke about her partner at the time who had completed suicide. 
and it's an important topic. You know, we bring the light with the shade. We can have the laugh, but we also do the heavy, the heavy lifting as well, as you as you hear in the correspondence that we had on today's episode. With all of that being said, typically I am the one with the unusual spelled name in that I am Alan with two L's. I'm delighted to be joined by someone else with two L's in their names who doesn't typically have the two L's. And that man is Colin with two L's, Hughes, all the way over in the States. Colin, how are you doing today? I'm, for, to, I'm doing better every day, Alan. Thank you for asking. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm really looking forward to the to the conversation. Um, where in the States are you, Colin? Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, very good. Sin City. Yes, where the house always wins and everybody else always. is broke. Yeah, always. You let them know, Colin. You're you're in the you're in the mix. You you know what's going on. House always wins. You know, take take note, gamblers. You know, in case you didn't know. Yeah, I'm not a gambler, so I just hear I just hear it through the grapevine. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we get into anything, Colin, could you maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit of your background, or a little bit of your foreground, where you're at in the here oh, and now, but my background where you've come foreground. from. Mm. I was mm. raised on a farm in Iowa, southwest Iowa. Had three dreams growing up, be a cowboy, be a pilot, and be an actor. I rode bulls for 18 years, with wow. many of those years competing against some of the greatest legends ever in the sport of rodeo. And after that, I started announcing rodeos. When I when I get to be too old to ride them, I started to announce rodeos. People said I had a voice. Yeah, man, you need to announce rodeos. Pick up the microphone and do it. And I did it, and I loved it. Mm. You know, most people are afraid, have stage fright. They don't like public speaking. That's actually a phobia. Mm. I don't know what it's called because I don't have it. Biggest yeah. one. Yeah. People people fear public speaking more than they fear death. No way. That's 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 a statistical fact that people when asked people's biggest fears. They will say public speaking more than debt. Oh, yeah. you, you give me a stadium full of thousands of people mm-hmm. and a microphone. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be fun. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. I've been there, been a musician, been an actor. Absolutely. Yeah. No problem. But don't I don't am, stick me in a room with four people. Like, <laughs> and now I'm a retired airline pilot. So I got those two out of the way. And you did now it all. I'm a voice actor. Yeah. Oh, living the dream. Just literally living the dream. My my theory is love what you do and do what you love. Absolutely. That's why I do this podcast with my with my partner. (laughs) (laughs) Now I do the I do the thing I love and I do the thing I love with with my partner. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Now now I'm a voice actor and I've got a I've got an agent who's we've talked about breaking into the film side of acting. So excellent. I'm excellent. Going after my dreams. Before we get into anything, Colin, I can't let an actual genuine cowboy get away. Tell us a little bit about that. Like, holy shit, like, you, you're, you're a cowboy, like a cowboy cowboy. Yeah, I've, uh, when I grew up on a farm, Henderson, Iowa was the closest town, 300. And there was a gentleman there named Art Fritcher. He was, you know, he, you think of the old time cowboy, Art was in. Mm. And he would have one every year at Henderson. <clears throat> and it was put on by the volunteer fire department. My father was a volunteer fireman, so he would he would always be there helping, and I got to know Art pretty good and got to meet some people who, you know, around my age that competed. And I thought, you know, I've got friends that do it. This sounds like to be kind of fun. Plus, you know what? Chicks dig bull riders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> but Art just... uh 
you know, he encouraged me. He was a, he was a great mentor and just, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the best of home life and art, I guess, kind of, you know, he's like that grandfatherly figure to me, uh, really admired mm. him. He and his wife, Addie were just fantastic people. And that's, that's the thing about rodeo people. They, they're absolutely wonderful. Mm. And you know, that, that environment just grew on me. So when I was 15, I got on my first bull. I got on my first bareback bronc at 15 at a little britches rodeo that my mother sneaked me away from the house. Cause my father was absolutely against it. And the only thing he said to me when he finally found out, said, did you get hurt? I said, no, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, that first time after that, I was just, I was just hooked. Um, wow. Climbed on my last one in 1990, a year after a friend of mine who was a world's champion died in the arena. If, um, if you've ever heard of the movie eight seconds, yes, uh-huh. it's about, it's a movie about the life of Lane Frost, world's champion bull rider. Lane and I were friends. Mm. Lane and I had our, our first two go round bulls on the same days that year, Tuesday and Thursday. And, and I was, you know, like about 33 at the time. Last thing he ever said to me is he called me an old fart. <laughs> <laughs> at 33? Yeah. He had this big yeah. old ear to ear. He always had, that grin was just amazing. You know, that big old smile Lane had. There's some yeah. people talking about age. And uh, one guy had dated a friend of mine that was my age. And he was, you know, Clint Bronger. He was uh, about 24, 25 or so at the time. And he just saying, but she's so old. I says, well, Clint, she's my age. She's, she's in her thirties. I said, Clint, I'm in my thirties. And then Lane just, <laughs> my nickname was goose back then. He just, yeah, goose, you just an old fart, ain't you? <laughs> and now that, you know, and then his passing was just a few days after that on, on Sunday. Cause that was the last day on Thursday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three mm. days later is, uh, when, when, uh, that tragic accident happened and, and that was just, I wasn't there when it happened. I thought, you know, I'm not in the short go around. I wanted to stay and watch it. So well, I'm not, in the, I'm not in the top 15. I'm not going to be riding. So if I just stick around and watch it, I'm just going to be ticked off at myself. Mm. And so I was kind of glad that I didn't see it, but. He, uh, yeah, he, Lane was a great guy, really great guy. Yeah. You met him, he considered you his friend. That's just the Excellent. way he was. That's way, that's way a lot of rodeo people are. Yeah. yeah. You made a living off it, Colin, or can you make a living in, you know, in rodeo and stuff? You can. You or can. I, yeah. I didn't make too good of a living off of it. I fought my head a lot. Mm. I grew up in a very negative environment, but. And there were times, you know, I could make, I'd made some really good, I'd ride bulls that, you know, some of the top bull riders in the world have been thrown off of and I'd ride them, mm. but then I'd get fighting my head. And what I noticed, what I noticed, looking back now, I realized I went about it the wrong way. The guys that are true, were truly winning even today. Well, let's take Lane Frost, for example, world's champion bull rider traveled with tough Hedeman, three-time world's champion bull rider and Cody Lambert, who many times the national finals rodeo, you know, here's these guys feeding off their positive energy and me, I'd be like, 
you know, a loner, you know, driving there by myself mm. or, or if, uh, I thought it was just better instead of, you know, paying gas or wearing tear on my own vehicle, I just, I go to rodeo you, in the United States, you can go to a big rodeo and get to anywhere else in the country you want to go because you've got all these guys going different places. I says, Hey, uh, you going to Sykes, Sykeston, Missouri? Said, yeah. Like, yeah. Come on, let's go. <laughs> and, mm. and it just, uh. I didn't play the game right. Yeah, yeah. When I, but when I was on, I was on. When I was off, mm. I was really off. <laughs> yeah. But the yeah. thing is, the, the top guys in the world knew who I was. And just to be able to compete with guys like Lane Frost, Tough Hedeman, Donnie Gay, eight times world's champion. And the list goes on and on and on of the great, great legends you know, that, that I was able to compete with and now consider friends. It's, mm. um, it's truly a family. If yeah. I can go a little uh, bit further. Really, really getting, a, getting, getting a sense of community and family. On yeah. It, 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 um, there's a man named Bobby Brown. His nickname was Hooter. Been to the <laughs> national finals rodeo. I don't know how many times in saddle bronc rider. He traveled with Monty Hanson, world's champion saddle bronc rider. And, Bobby was this tough, tough as nails guy. And he, uh, just, he scared me back then. <laughs> he loved to fight. And I'll guarantee if he got in a fight, he's going to come out on top. <laughs> and I just, you know, I, when I first met him, I'm just this, like this 18, 19 year old kid and Bobby's older and he's pretty stout and really scrappy. And I was afraid of him. Then, um, later on, later on in life, you know, this is all back in the seventies. In 2015, my oldest daughter was diagnosed with, um, with cancer and she didn't have much longer to live. And I was, you know, trying to find any way I could to help cure her. I put up a Facebook post, uh, advertising a, a GoFundMe page. I started for her to try to get her into cancer centers of America, which has a tremendous, uh, pos you know, positive rate of curing the cancer or putting it at bay. Mm. No sooner than I put up that post on Facebook, my phone rings and it's Bobby Brown. And I had not really talked to him and, oh, well, he called me one time, uh, about two years before, but before that, you know, I hadn't actually talked to him a couple of decades, mm, well. but he calls me and he says, goose, what's going on, man? And I told him, you know, what's going on with my daughter? I says, you know, they're giving, giving her three to six months to live. And as soon as he hung up that phone, he was the first one to donate to that GoFundMe. And I just, I was just overwhelmed by, you know, here's this guy that is tough guy that just, <laughs> 
And that's what rodeo people are like. It was, and others, you know, that I hadn't talked to in years, you know, here they come, uh, Gary Tool, this guy, that, all these rodeo, you know, guys in rodeo that I knew from back then that, you know, you know, I was just a little peon <laughs> going to rodeos <laughs> to have fun and make some money that I could. And these were the greats. And yet they considered me a friend. They considered me part of the rodeo family. Mm-hmm. And when he did that, I did, I just realized that rodeo people are a family. It just, it, 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 it was amazing. It was beautiful and very touching. Wow. How, how was your daughter? How, how did things turn out? Uh, she passed away January 29th, 2015. So. Tough loss for a parent to, to lose a child. Yeah. There's even, there's a, another loss that far, far, was far more painful than that. And mm. that's when my, well, my 15 year old granddaughter ended her own life on June 10th of 2022. Wow, yeah. June 10th. So we're talking, but bear just over weeks ago. Yeah, it's two months ago. So that was far, the pain was far greater, far more greater. Yeah. So I didn't mean to go deep, so deep so soon. I just, <laughs> No, we're here. Let's 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 roll with it. What's 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 the last two months been been like for you? I mean, you've you've lost your daughter. You've lost your daughter to cancer, and now you've lost your your granddaughter to suicide. How how do you manage that? Well, I'll put it to you like this: when I knew my daughter had limited time left, I called a friend of mine who lost his son in an automobile accident. And he was, a, he was a rodeo stock contractor, didn't have a stock anymore. And I'd announced a lot of rodeos for him, but I just called him. I said, man, Johnny, you've been through this. I mean, how, how do you get through something like this? And he says, that's just it. You just get through it, but you never get over it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have, you know, it's been years later. I still have moments where I, I just break down and have a cry over my daughter. When I found out about my granddaughter, she lived, uh, she lives out in the Midwest and I live in Las Vegas and her stepfather called and I was just yelling and screaming. I had never felt so much pain. Never, ever, ever. And she was always this beautiful, vibrant, smiling, happy, wonderful person to be around. The last person on earth I would have thought would have done something like that. And... My wife and I took her to Hawaii when she was 12 years old. We just had a blast. And, you know, she'd come out to our house and spend some time with us. And it was, uh, uh, 
you know, between her and her little brother, <laughs> my life revolved around those children. Uh, it was a miracle they were in my life to begin with, though, too. You know, I saw the podcast of mine is called The Miracles of Tragedy. And it's because of the, uh, the tragedies I've had. There's been miracles that have come from them. Like, for example, my daughter. She, um, I didn't even know about her until she was 15 years old because I went on one date with her mother. And 15 years later, I find out I get a letter from the state of Iowa saying, hey, uh, you've been named that you're possibly this child's father and court order for me to take a blood test. And sure enough, yes, I was her father. And she was just angry with me that I wasn't there all those years. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we'd off and on, you know, we'd have a, we'd have a relationship and then she'd get angry about something on back on, she'd angry about something. And then in, I can't remember what year it was. She reached out to me through Facebook, said she wanted to talk, gave us, gave us her phone number and I called her and that's when she'd been diagnosed with cancer. And had it not been for that, there's no telling if she would have come back into my life or not. So that cancer yeah. brought her into my life and gave me that opportunity to spend those last few years of her life with her and, and develop that, that relationship. The last thing she ever said to me, she's lying in a, in a hospital bed in a hospice. And before she, you know, went to sleep, but, you know, she, the last couple of days, you know, she, she was non-responsive, but still alive. But the, while she was still responsive, the last thing she ever said to me is that she loved me. And, and then that was a miracle. The daughter who is granddaughter of my who is the mother of my granddaughter that I've lost she was a group of four sisters from my first marriage back then I was not a good guy I was following the footsteps of my father you know I was a carouser drinker not faithful you know all kinds of those you know men or pigs kind of thing <laughs> After the divorce, their mother married a gentleman who was retired military, and they asked if if he could adopt the girl so that they could have the insurance benefits and whatever else came with that relationship. Mm, mm. And I thought, you know, that's more I can never afford to pay in child support. It'd be best for them. So I signed on the dotted line without thinking that I just signed my rights away to them. And I think I saw them maybe two or three times after that. And, you know, they were developing in, you know, to a family unit that I was not a part of. Of course, mm. those girls totally felt abandoned by me, understandably so. 
later on in life, the second oldest one, they, they were, you know, they were young children at the time of the divorce. The, uh, the fourth daughter hadn't even been born yet at the time of the divorce. But the second oldest daughter in 2004 reached out to me and wanted to have a relationship. So she came back into my life and we went on for a while. And then, you know, she was being put in the middle between her family and me, and that was uncomfortable for her. So it drifted apart. She came back in again, same thing, and drifted apart. And then when I, uh, with my beautiful wife now, Jean Marie, this daughter reached out to me again, and I, I just, my wife, she's, oh, you know, you've got to answer her. She wrote you that email. She, she wants to have a relationship. I was, I was honey, we, we've tried it two times already. And my wife, when she gets a hold of something, she doesn't let go. (laughs) (laughs) And she kept going on and on. And I just, I says, okay, I'm going to do it just to show you that I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) And so I reached back out. Then once again, you know, that, those dynamics, it just, it, we were separated again. And then, um, a few years ago, I think it was in 2017, this was some years after, after we had been speaking with his daughter. I was flying for the airlines at that time, and I just worked a flight from Detroit, Michigan to Houston, Texas, got off the airplane, was walking up the jet bridge. My phone rings. I don't recognize the number, and I answer it, and it's my daughter. Her husband had just been killed in an automobile accident. My grandson, seven years of age that I've never met split wide open, his internal organs exposed. He had uh, broken bones. I can't remember all the bones he had broken. Lucky to be alive. Her mother and her sisters were not able to come out there to be with her. And let me back up first, though. My wife asked me, says, you know, what what are you going to do if she calls you? I said, I'm not letting that. I just can't do it. Can't, Can't do it. Next morning, I'm saying my morning prayers. And I hear this voice saying, pray for your children. You know what? They want nothing to do with me, so they're not my children. I'm not going to pray for them. Once again, pray for your children. I argued with God for five minutes over this, and I finally said, okay, fine, I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then it was just two days later, I got that phone call. And then, uh, she told me all this and I says, I'll be on the next flight, you know, and I had 
This is the second day of a four-day trip, so I had to leave in the middle of the trip. I called the chief pilot. He says, go, get out of here. So I was there for them. My grandson's doing wonderful now, by the way. But there's my granddaughter that I hadn't seen in all these years. Not once did this child say anything like, Grandpa, where have you been? She just accepted me, and she loved me. And, you know, there's that miracle of what happened to their father. You know, tragic, Mm. tragic moment, but yet this goodness came out of it. And so we had, uh, we had some really good times with, with the grandchildren. My grandson's still doing wonderful. And any time I talk to him on the phone or video, or if I'm seen there, if he knows it's getting, t- it's time for grandpa to get ready to go, says, oh, but grandpa, we got to do this. Or he'll have my, his arms wrapped around my arm and that little guy is not going to let go. And, uh. But June 10, 2022, I got the call that my granddaughter ended her life. And throughout my entire life, I've had this gift of gab, the ability to speak. You put me behind a microphone and I am just as comfortable as I am sitting in the living room talking with my wife. I just, Mm -hmm. stadium full of people, microphone, oh, this is going to be fun. (laughs) And I get the crowd riled up as a rodeo dancer. I loved it. But I'd always wondered, I'd had times in my moment, moments in my life that I should have been dead. As a small child, I was caught in this whirlpool in a lake, couldn't kick free. I thought for sure that was it. I was gone. Someone reaches in, grabs my arm, pulls me out of the water. And... He walks off to a picnic area that was next to the picnic area where we, we were at. And I went to tell my folks what had happened. I said, oh, there's nothing like that in Lake Manawa. They didn't believe me. So I go over to the, par- the picnic area next door to try and find this gentleman. Described him to people there. Nobody knew who he was. Another time I'm going to rodeo and I'm stepping out onto the uh, highway to cross the highway to the other side to go to a convenience store. And thinking about. I don't know what I was thinking about. A buddy of mine yelled out, Goose, get back! In the car, phew, right in front of me. I could feel the breeze. I mean, they're probably wow. going 60, 70 miles an hour. I don't know. And I can go on with a list of things like that. Just re- uh, After I got back from the funeral of my granddaughter, I felt perfectly fine. But I told my wife, I need to go to the hospital. And I had no idea why. I told them I had chest pains. My glucose level was 800, which... Normal, it should be between 80 and 180 is the normal range. The doctor asked me (laughs) if I had walked in underneath my own power, if I had to be helped into the hospital. I said, well, my wife drove me here, but I walked in. Why? says, you should be comatose right now, if not dead. So I've always thought I have this ability for public speaking. What on earth am I supposed to use it for? It can't just be to announce rodeos or do stand-up comedy Mm. or something like Mm. that. It's not just to entertain, but... When I got that phone call, amidst all my pain and all that screaming and yelling I was doing, that I knew what I was supposed to do, and that was to be an advocate for suicide awareness. And that's one of the reasons I'm here talking with you. 
And yet there was another miracle that came out of this. And that was, I mentioned that the mother of my granddaughter had three sisters. Mm. I had no contact with them at all because of, you know, the dynamics when they Mm. were growing up. The funeral home had put together a video from all the pictures people had sent in on the website. And the funeral home selected the pictures to use to put in the video. Over half of those pictures was with my granddaughter, with my wife and I in Hawaii, at Universal Studios, in our home. All of a sudden, all these other grandchildren knew who I was. Hmm. The next day at the, at the funeral, the daughter from my youngest daughter, she knows who I am by now. And she's probably, you know, 10 or 11, I think just cute as I'll get out. And I'm standing by my granddaughter lying there and crying, of course. And she walks up says, do you need a hug? Yeah. (laughs) Sweet little thing. The, uh, internment was the next day. I get a text message from my oldest daughter. She got my phone number from the daughter that I'd had the relationship with for a while. Stating that her 16 year old daughter wanted to meet me. Of course, she made me promise, you know, you realize this is a lifelong commitment. There's no running away. There's this. I said, yeah, I know. I know. I know. I'm not the man I was then, you know, mm-hmm. and I was polite about it, you know, I was, and so at the cemetery, I got to meet this 16 year old girl who looks like she's 12. <laughs> this is wonderful, fun, bubbly individual. The first thing she says to me is, are you a good man now? You know, uh, my heart just melted. It, it, just, it was mm. such a calming feeling where I looked this child in the eye and I says, yes, I am. And she texts me every day now. It's, and she doesn't hold back. She asks, you know, questions that like, I've never had conversation like this with a child before. <laughs> she just open and just fun and she wants to know everything. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> and so that miracle came out of that tragedy of losing my other granddaughter. And uh, so there truly is miracles and tragedy. Mm. They're truly there. Sometimes they're not as obvious as what mine have been. And you have to look hard for them, but they're there. Mm. Wow. Very often, and we spoke about it on the podcast in the past, of, you know, we hear a lot around post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, we hear the impact of trauma. But also there's post-traumatic growth where we take traumatic events. Right. And it, it inspires us to do something or you know, like, like yourself to be motivated, to, to be an agent of change, to, to bring some awareness to, 
to these to these topics and these and these subjects. We have this episode with in in Ireland. I'm not sure where, and I don't know who comes up with these days. But you know, we're approaching World Suicide Day in September, and a part of what we try to do, and and that's obviously, it's the difficulty in talking about these subjects, is that we need people to know, and many of our many of our listeners, because they, they've contacted us and let us know, they've been at that point. You know, we we had a correspondence in our intro that would have been read out from from Rob, who you know the podcast helped to bring him back from that point as he was ready to uh, jump off that bridge. But we need to let people know the reality of what happens after suicide. You know, and and, and one of the things I've always said on the podcast is, you know, suicide doesn't end the pain; it, it just passes it on. Yeah, when right after I got the news and I was off the phone and I knew that I wanted to share the message of what, what's left behind. I came into my sound booth and I recorded a video of me with just nothing but pure, raw, emotional pain as I wanted to capture that moment that I could share it with people say, this is mm. what you're leaving behind. If you do do this. Mm. And I could send you a clip of that if you'd like when we're done. It'd be amazing if if we had the chance, if we could maybe even insert it into the interview here, that'd be if if that's possible, Colin, we'd love to we'd love to do that. Hello. My name is Colin Hughes. I I need to give a message to the young people out there today who are hurting, they have pain, and don't know where to turn. My 15-year-old granddaughter killed herself this morning. And this is the pain I feel now because of that. If you're a teenager and you don't know where to turn, find somewhere because this is the pain you're going to be leaving behind. <laughs> my granddaughter <laughs> was so beautiful. She was. <laughs> she. She loved me, and I loved her more than the world. And now she's gone, and I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why she did this, but I love her. I love her. Don't do this to them. No parent, no grandparent, nobody should have to go through the loss of a loved one like this. I had a daughter who died of cancer in 2015, and this pain is is so much deeper than that. <laughs> and I thought it was hard losing my granddaughter, but to lose somebody to suicide is far worse. Don't do it. I beg of you, tell a friend, tell your parents, call the suicide hotline, call, call anyone. Just don't do it. Don't leave this kind of pain behind. <laughs> You young people, you are loved. I love you.
I love you. Please. Please don't do it. My, my, my wife doesn't even like to watch it. She's, she says it's too painful. And I think that's why it needs to be watched. Yeah. That's exactly why it needs to be. It needs to be out there. And then I have, have to ask the, uh, the hard questions, Colin. Do we know why? Was there a note? Was there anything? We don't know. Don't know. And that's one of the hard things. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's what makes it so difficult. You may never know. And even if somebody says, I'll leave something note behind. So this is why that doesn't, that does not alleviate the pain whatsoever. Mm. It's just, well, I did it because of this. Well, that was, you know, the old cliche, you know, that was temporary. <laughs> Your yeah, death is permanent. Permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yes. And, you know, I felt that my, my, that way earlier in my life as well. And luckily I had the fortitude to talk to somebody. I was in my twenties. I believe I was going through really, really, really difficult my life. My time. I didn't think that anybody cared about me. I think nobody loves me. How could they ever love me? And so I had it all thought out what I was going to do. There was just one Mm -hmm. question I needed an answer to. And that is what happens to my soul after I do this? Is it going to be condemned? So I went and I found this device back in these days. There was a device that you could use that you stick a quarter in it and dial a number and you could talk to somebody. It's called a payphone. They actually had these things back then. It was amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> and, and, and the technology. On our younger listeners to go. Yeah, and the technology is e- even better than that. They had some that were up on a post that you could drive up to, put the quarter in and dial the number roll up your window and talk to somebody from the privacy of your own car. <laughs> I, it's, um, it's amazing. It's just absolutely amazing technology. But I found this payphone, and I called the leader, a local leader of the church. My wife and I now are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mm, I called a local leader of the church. And I just wanted to ask him that question. I made sure that I was somewhere where he could not track me. I was off somewhere mm. at this pay phone. No way he was going to guess where I was. And so I just told him, I said, this is my question. This is what I'm going to do. And this is my question. So I asked him that question. Mm. He says, he says, so you're, you're set on doing this. I said, I said, well, yes, I am going to do it, but I just need this question answered before I do it. Cause I need to know how to prepare myself to do it. And he says, you know, I can't stop you because I don't know where you're at. And he goes on about that. He says, you give me, you give me 15 minutes. Can you delay it just 15 minutes and let me talk to you? And at this time, I was getting ready to just hang up. And I thought, oh, he's going to try and talk me out of it. And I said, you're not going to talk me out of it. And he says, I'm not going to try to talk you out of it. I just need to talk to you. And then he starts going in about how he loves me. And he says, brother so-and-so, we were just talking about you the other day. And he says, brother Hughes, he, 
I love him. He's just this and this and this. And he starts talking about other members of the congregation or the ward, as we called them, as we call them. And he says, the people in the church love you, Brother Hughes says, they will miss you. You're going to leave a big void in their lives. And I'm still here. And I think sometimes it's people feel that no one truly does care about them or is not listening. Mm. Mm. And so what I like to say to people who are going through that, you know, if you're having these suicide, if you have suicide ideology and you feel that there's no love in your life, so let's say you do live in a home where there's not love. And I grew up in a home where I felt that way. Abusive alcoholic father came home drunk one night, got out the shotgun, was going to kill the family. And parents always yelling at each other and a mother who would not stop the father from smacking us around. But she said, if she, he ever hit her, that's it. She's gone, but you know, wouldn't protect us. So I'm like, you know, what kind of loving home is this? But if you're in a home and I know people live in homes that are far worse far more abusive than what I grew up in. If you're it's in a home and you color. feel that you truly are not loved, go yeah. down the street, find a church, find a synagogue, whether you believe in God or not, find somebody there to talk to. And I'll promise you, they will say you are loved. They will love you. Don't hang mm. out with friends on the corner who are doing drugs or uh, members of a gang or anything like that. Go out and find people positive in your life. Talk to a teacher, talk to a school guidance counselor, anybody who has a good positive attitude about life and can assure you that you are loved. And if you can't find anybody like that, I love you. There's people out there that love you and that's all there is. And I promise you people are there and they want mm. to help you. If you live in the United States and you're having, having thoughts like that, there's a new suicide hotline or, or crisis hot hotline you can call. 911 has always been a number that people in the United States have used for generations, but now it's 988. It's that simple. All you got to do is pick up the phone and dial 988, and people are there 24-7 waiting to talk with you and tell you how much you were loved. That, I mean, it's so easy to dial 988. If you do find yourself at that point, I mean, Colin is, is the perfect person to speak on someone who's almost been there, who was, you know, by the sounds of it, 15 minutes away from not being here. So getting to that point himself and also being on the other end of the pain of suicide and and being left behind by uh, by his granddaughter and who, who better to, to be able to convey both both sides of that colin my 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 psychotherapist head is is alarm bells are just going ding 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 you mentioned something quite absolutely significant there when you spoke about your father taking a shotgun and um i wonder could you say a little bit more about that about that situation of what age were you at that time what, what was happening was what's probably the, what's the impact of that seven or eight years old something like that you know he was uh he liked he liked his alcohol. You know, he's if he wasn't out in the fields working, the, the man 
worked. The one, well, the one positive thing I could say about him is he was a hard worker and he, there wasn't many people in the world could keep up with him when it came to physical labor. Mm. But he loved that alcohol too. One night he came home late. My mother left the, his dinner on the table. And he came home about three hours late, maybe more. Dinner was cold. And she said something to him a little sarcastically. says, your dinner's waiting. He took that plate and just threw it across the room. Running downstairs. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And got out a 12-gauge shotgun with pump action. I'll never forget that pumping sound. Mother's yelling to us to get out of the house. I went to my bedroom. I climbed through the window. I'm running through the front yard, huge yard. I'm running through there and waiting to hear a shotgun blast. And then I stand and I listen and nothing happens. And I think, well, do I go back inside? What do I do? I started to walk back up to the house. It's the last thing I remember about that night. Until later in life, it started coming out in nightmares, which really threw me for a tailspin for, for a few years. So, yeah, I've seen a lot of garbage in my life. Certainly have gone. Wow. What a life that, that you've lived. But I've lived a lot of good life, good things in life too. Mm. My wife, Jean Marie is, she is amazing. We've been together <laughs> this month will be our 16th anniversary. Excellent. Yeah. A good man found a good wife by the sound of it. <laughs> well, she found me. <laughs> That was her tragic moment in life, was finding me. <laughs> How are you doing at the moment, Colin? How was life here? I'm at the getting moment? better. It's, um, I still have times. My wife is a therapist, actually. She's a licensed clinical social worker. And there's times that just out of nowhere, you know, it's, I just start crying and she calls them, uh, emotional wave slaps that just come out of nowhere says it's normal. But <laughs> mm. I remember one day I told you about the granddaughter who texts me every day. She, mm. uh, she stutters some, and so she's more comfortable texting. I went to bed late one night, put my phone down. When I woke up the next morning, I noticed I had a missed call from her. I thought, oh, she's never called before. So I sent her a text message. Says, oh, I saw, say I had a missed call from you. I'm sorry I missed your call. And said that, yeah, she was feeling down and she just needed somebody to talk to. At first I thought how wonderful it is that she feels comfortable with me as her grandfather to call me when she needs to talk mm. about something. I thought that was just touching and beautiful and exciting. Then I looked up at the picture of my granddaughter that's gone and I just 
got filled with anger. And I walked up to the picture and I just started yelling at this picture. Why did you do this? Why did you do this? And I was never once angered with her in life. But I became so angry with her in death. I was on a uh, Zoom call with two other people who'd lost loved ones to suicide. One lady lost her son and another lady who had lost her husband. And I asked, it was that same night after I got so angry, I, I asked him, I says, have you ever felt that way towards your loved one? Have you ever felt anger like that? I thought, you know, this is, this is not right for me to be that way. Mm -hmm. And, and the woman who had lost her son just says, if he was here right now, I'd shake him by the shoulders. <laughs> and uh, so that's something new. I just, you know, I've mourned people before. Mm. I've mourned my daughter, but I'd never felt anger. You know, it wasn't her fault that cancer, that cancer ended her life. And... And then you feel guilty about being angry. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a perfectly natural, normal part of grief. And I think this is this is a good opportunity to, to let people know that, you know, anger is a part of grief, you know, because behind anger is pain. And particularly around suicide, you know, there is that anger and the questions of why, 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 you know, and just the pain that fuels that anger. And that's, you know, anger's there to tell us something's not right. Anger's there to you know, to drive us to do something as, you know, whether it's to do good or bad, it's, it's a, it's a motivator. And anyone that's gone through those experiences, if, if you're disowning your anger, don't, you know, yeah. you need to feel that anger. You need to have an outlet for it and not to feel guilty, to understand that this is a normal part of grief, I, particularly around suicide. I posted that picture. I think around the same time I posted it on, my Facebook page and it was when we were in Hawaii we took her to a, a swimming with dolphins attraction there and it's a picture of her right next to a dolphin you know her arms around around the neck I get whatever part of the dolphin it is and the mm. dolphin's nose mm. pointing up and she <laughs> had this huge smile you know just my wife looks at that smile and says, she has your smile. <laughs> and I posted that picture and one of my old rodeo buddies, Don Gay, eight time world's champion bull rider. You know, he holds the record for the most world's championships in bull riding. You know, eight times this man has won the world's championship in, in professional bull riding. He'd never met any of my children or my grandchildren. And I mm. posted that picture on there and, and Donnie commented says, I'd recognize that smile anywhere. <laughs> and, uh, I thought that was pretty touching. So I says, doggone it, Donnie, now you got me crying, but thank you for the compliment. <laughs> and he wrote back says, well, now you got me doing it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I gotta, I gotta be honest with you, Colin. Yeah. I, I got a little bit tearied in the intro with the correspondence that we had in them, and I'm feeling it again at the moment. Today is an emotional day, and I think, and I think it should be. Uh, she was to just... talk about what it is. It. Well, let me t- tell you some wonderful things about her. We went on that vacation to Hawaii. We're walking through uh, airport, and. I had, she had a small bag and I had it on my, the handles of my, my wheelie bag, you know, so she wouldn't have to carry it around. She says, well, grandpa, I can carry that. I said, well, I know you can, but you know, you don't have to. It's, it's not, Mm. it's no extra weight for me or anything. I said, grandpa, let me carry it. You don't need to do that. And I says, honey, it's okay. I said, well, please let me carry it. And I said, okay, if you want to carry it, that that's fine, sweetie, go ahead. When I got home from our vacation and went back to work, I said I was based in Houston, Texas. When I got into base at Houston, I'm walking through one of the terminals. There's a family walking through there with a daughter about the same age as my granddaughter. And this girl took her jacket and just threw it at her father and says, Here, you carry it. I'm not going to. And I was like, (laughs) thank you. Goodness for my sweet granddaughter. <laughs> That's the way she was. Those lovely little moments. Uh, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Colin, thank you so much for sharing your story. It's just, it's touching. As I said, I, I got a little bit teary-eyed again. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's an absolute privilege in this podcast and my job, you know, to be able to hear the people's stories and to, you know, to hopefully people, people out there that may be in your position or people out there who are, you know, may find themselves perhaps contemplating the same as, as were your granddaughter that just go, Oh, actually, no, this, this hurts. This, this, this leaves behind a lot of pain and, and we hope it, it resonates with them that they can reach out whether it's it's calling. What's that number again, Colin? Nine eight remember eight. It. it was a very common name. Nine eight, eight eight. Another thing there about suicide is. is that it can touch anybody. Absolutely, it's this creature lurking in the shadows, ready to pounce on those who are down. I wrote a small essay, if you if that's what you want to call it, that I on a website that I put up after my granddaughter's death. It's stopsuicide.life. You know, I looked at .com, .org, .net. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know a, a .life URL existed, but it fit perfectly. <laughs> so stopsuicide.life. Mm-hmm. Page one, I wrote this essay if, or whatever somebody's going to call it, a short story about this creature lurking in the darkness that is a serial killer called suicide. You get a mm. chance. Let me know. And if you read it, let me know what you think of it. Absolutely. Send on the link and we'll, we'll include a link in the descriptions and, and in the, uh, on the YouTube description in the comments below. Is there anywhere else outside of the, the website? Colin, is there anywhere else people can get in touch with you or, you know, your own podcast, if you could, um, yeah, my podcast like is, it's, it's very fledgling. I've only got one episode up. I've got a couple people interviewed, that, uh, and some, some, uh, other people that I'm getting ready to interview. It's the miracles 
of tragedy. So if you do a if you do a search on Facebook, you should be able to find it. There's a web page that's dedicated to that. Now the miracles of tragedy, basically because of all the miracles I've had come out of tragedy, and mm. that's uh, mm. and that's how well, I came I'm, up with the name. I'm very I'm very sorry. I don't mean for it to sound patronizing, but I'm very sorry you've had so many tragedies. But I'm, you know, I'm you know you're one of these rare people that can can take something from that and and grow from it um so thank you again for coming on and sharing your story wow what else can you say after hearing a story like that before we leave the last word of wisdom with with colin just what you know we really need to try and reach people around suicide and this is the impact of it and so grateful to colin for coming on and sharing his story which is and what a life he has lived you know any of those things his job as a cowboy as a pilot his childhood Losing his daughter to cancer, losing his granddaughter to suicide. Any of those could have been a topic in and of themselves. So we're absolutely privileged uh, to have Colin come on and share his story. If you'd like to check us out on social media, you can do that. You get us on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And all of those handles are at STMH Podcast. So you can check out the newsletter on the website. The website is stmhpodcast.com. There you can also email us. The email is hello at stmhpodcast.com. If you want to come on, tell your story. If you've got a topic suggestion, if you've got some feedback, you know how much you love hearing from you. What you know If the podcast has affected you, if you're just enjoying it, if we just gave you a laugh, no matter how trivial it is, if you were moved by Colin's story, how could you not be? Let's, let's be honest here. Please do let us know on any of the social media or on the email, hello at stmhpodcast.com. Another big help to us would be if you could just hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Even if you're not watching on YouTube, just click into YouTube. Search out Straight Talking Mental Health. You're going to find our videos. We're putting in a lot of work. As you can see, we've got some new lights and stuff like that. Got a new camera. Hopefully going to have the studio up before our next episode. So giving a subscribe or giving a like or giving a comment, all of that's really going to help us. The other big help that you can do is just hit five stars if you see us on apple podcast or itunes or spotify so if you've learned something from this episode if we've made you laugh if you've been moved by colin's story then please just hit that five stars you know what happens folks other people see that go oh this must be a pretty good episode it could be someone like rob who was late to the podcast who caught up and that was enough to help to keep him still here we are going around September or we are going around suicide. So please, folks, if you do need help, do. If you're in the States, hit that number, 988. Anywhere else in the world, check out Samaritans, check out local mental health services. Just contact a friend. Please, please stay around. We can absolutely 100% guarantee you will be missed. It may not feel like it, but you will be missed. So before we leave the last words with Colin, folks, you know what to do. We're going to be back in seven days. Same bad time. Same bad channel, but in the meantime, even more so after today, please look after yourself and look after each other. One last thing we do on the podcast, Colin, is any guest that comes on, we, we ask them to share some words of wisdom, some life learnings, something they've taken from this life so far that they might like to share with all of our listeners around the world. Is there is there anything you'd like to pass on outside of the abundance of knowledge and wisdom you've, you've already <laughs> shared? But is there maybe a, a motto or a life learning or something that something that you would leave people with? Take nothing for granted. When to those close to you, if you're upset with them, it's trivial. It's mm. trivial. You may think that an argument you're having is one of the worst things in your life, but it's nothing. 
simply nothing. When uh, I got back off the road, I was, I got grounded due to medical issues January 2020 before COVID got, before COVID hit. And during that time, first day my wife was at home working, I thought, you know, I'll bring her breakfast because she's always, I'm going to be late. And she looks at me with this big smile. And I thought, I got to do this for the next two weeks. (laughs) Guess what? Nearly three years later, I'm still doing it. And think, put the other person in your relationship first. Do for them. They'll love you back. They do for you. You'll love them back. Life is too Mm. short have anger and animosity in your heart love and be loved do not push away love 